Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business on Money FM 89.3 is brought to you by Zero. Try Zero free for 30 days by visiting xero.com. Terms apply. Zero, beautiful business. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Bharati Jagdish with you. Time now for Mind Your Business. And uh, we're going to try and turn back the clock, Bharati. Picture yourself as an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old. And if let's say I were to tell you that would have been a great time to start your own business, what would your response have been? I Actually, I personally have never had the instinct to start my own business. Yeah. I was always aware of the hard work it took and I was just such a lazy person when I was 18 or 19. <laughs> what about you? I was drunk most of the time, so let's not get into oh, that. Oh, dear. <laughs> Even worse. A horrible, a horrible example, man. I'm, I'm what you call a real late boomer to wake up in my head. But our next guest, brilliant. She founded her company when she was only 19 years old. Wow. Imagine that. However, you know, despite the fact that she was that young, she managed to fully fund the company's first product, the Quiver Bag, it was called. And Mm. she did this on Kickstarter within just three days. Fast forward to the present. Now her company is worth millions of dollars. But that's the nice side, right? There's always the hard mm. side, the difficult side. It wasn't easy. She actually even got cut off from her parents when they found out about her business idea. But despite all of that hurdle, she still managed to make it work. So she's going to share with us her experience this morning. So let's find out how old she is. She's on the line right now. Mandy Chan, founder of The Bold Company. Mandy, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. It's good okay. to meet you guys. This is not a rude question at all. I, I, I know ladies are very sensitive about this, but what what are you, 25, 26 now? Yeah, I'm like really old right now. I'm no, hey, hey, come on. You oh, can't dear. say you're really old. I, yo. <laughs> Wait till we reveal our ages to you, Mandy. I, I don't know what you'll say then. I, I fear what you'll say then. But I guess age is relevant here because... It is quite a feat to be able to achieve millions of dollars at the age of 25, 26. You know, it's it's quite a feat. Tell us more about this journey. First of all, I understand The Bold Company is a local athleisure brand company. It was first launched, we said, on a crowdfunding platform with the Quiver Bag. So what exactly gave you the instinct to do this and to actually then take action to make it all happen? Mm, I would say a lot of it started back in JC when I was actually organizing this youth entrepreneurship symposium where I met this guy called Stanley. He's the co-founder of Selfful and he was one of the mentors there. I remember it was like 10 days after prom when he needed interns and asked if I was interested. So that's how I landed my first startup internship, you know, entrenching, creating like marketing materials and pitching to people who are like two times my age. My friends were like taking old TDs and pictures and traveling overseas. Yeah. So I noticed something a little bit different there when I worked in a startup compared to, you know, what I saw at home, which was like my dad dragging himself to work every single day. So I tried to test this hypothesis. I was also on a scholarship from my tuition center that termed that if I got an A for my cons, which I was tutored for, I didn't have to pay part of the tuition fees. But if I didn't, I had to pay the tuition fees. And of course, I didn't get an A, right? Like... (laughs) Thing. So I worked it off through another internship at the tuition center. But what was really interesting for me was that when I was interning in these different startups, the startup people were like the first ones in office and last one to leave. But they were all seem to have this look of satisfaction, this sense of excitement towards their work. And they couldn't shut up at their startup. 
So I think that's what you probably call like obsession when you are so into it. That's what I talk about all day, every day. So compared to how I thought, you know, work like was from home, they were so different and I really wanted in. Yeah, so that was the point when I actually received an offer letter from SMU, my dream university to enroll. And I accepted it. But as soon as I accepted like the offer, I knew that something was wrong. Something in my gut was telling me that I needed to reconsider my decision. So I tried to ask my friends what they thought about it. I tried to ask my family. Uh, they were like, oh, it was so easy. Uh, you know, like, don't be so crazy. Lah. It was really discouraging at the point of time. And I really wanted to, you know, just go to the flow. But then, wow. yeah, eventually it was thinking that, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm. Honestly, it would just be a year, right? And I'll lose my life savings, which was probably like $1,000 at that point of time. <laughs> so I decided to go off school and pursue entrepreneurship full-time. So I took a gap year from school. Did, did you feel pressure at that time when, when you start your own business, your own entrepreneurship journey that I'm sure people will say, well, if you want to succeed, you have to stand out from other people. What, what was that process like for you? How did you make the bull company stand out from you know, potential competitors? For me, it was a very clear problem that I think I was solving, which was at that point of time, just trying to not forget leaving my toiletries back in the shower because I was heading to the gym and then carrying my shoe bag and toiletry bags and always I would leave with like just one item. And I couldn't <laughs> find a solution there. It was either like chuck it all into like one duffel bag mm. and then risk having the shampoo, you know, spill over, etc. <laughs> and I couldn't find that solution. So I think that was what kind of made me stood out. It was very, very niche problem that I was solving. Okay. Yeah. But you do have a lot of global competitors as well. So what mm. exactly are you doing at this time in an industry that's actually booming uh, during the COVID era to stand out from them? For us right now, it's a lot about engaging with our audience. So, for example, at the start of CV last year, when the whole world was like in lockdown, mm. we actually engaged a lot of our fitness influencers to host live workouts on our channel. And that was a way to you know keep in contact with our, with our community, and it's a lot about listening to our consumers and our customers as well. We kind of treat them as friends, you know, like talking to them and finding out, you know, what's good about a product and what's bad. And I think it's all this kind of genuine kind of reactions to your products that kind of makes us a little bit different when we come to our product creation process. I hate to harp on this whole age issue and, and I really do admire everything that you've done. I'm curious about the challenges that come with starting a company at a young age. I mean, I know you did a lot of market research, you even traveled to China. You haven't this, even had this issue where I guess your parents are not very happy and they, they kind of cut you off in that sense. Yeah, what, what, was, what was going through all of that like and how has that helped you grow as a person? I think the most memorable incident would be like when I traveled to China and age became a problem when I went to the factory door and you know initially they had this oh welcome Singapore and this Singapore flag all that and I, when I reached the place they were like oh so where's your boss and I was just like oh like me hello I was the one talking to you and they were like what so after that I think they removed the you know, welcome Singapore they questioned me about my uh, business plan yeah. they. Yeah, because they thought that I was just fooling around and wasting their time. Oh, no. Yeah. And they actually rejected me from producing. So they gave me really exorbitant prices. Yeah. Mm. To discourage and you? Yeah. Oh. I guess there was, maybe they were more traditional. They were actually producing like luggages for Samsonite at a point of time. So they kept talking about how, you know, their clients were like so high end and all that and they don't really entertain small fish or fry like me. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so so actually it wasn't just age, mm. right? It was gender as well. 
that played a part, wouldn't you say, in that sort of treatment? Mm, I would also think so, because I think they're not used to seeing a, a young female <laughs> knocking on their doors at 19, when I was still pretty much look like uh, an intern, right? Yeah. Mm, so, so how did you steel yourself mm, to overcome this and to really overpower all the naysayers in order to get their attention and get what you needed? Firstly, it was dressing differently. Because I knew it's like the Chinese manufacturers that they like big numbers. So it's like you have to kind of say a little bit, oh, yeah, we're going to produce, like, you know, 10,000 units, but, you know, we just want to sample first. So you kind of need to impress them with, like, big numbers. You need to dress differently. You're really dressed for, like, uh, business and all that. You can't just go with, like, T-shirt and jeans, which is kind of what I did. <laughs> yeah, because I thought they don't really care. And I think eventually it's finding somebody who believes in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... I think after searching for over 10 factories, we managed to find one factory who took a chance on us and produced our first batch of bags. But of course, we had to make the full payment and everything. But yeah, they were willing to give us a smaller quantity than required. Ooh, challenge, challenge. Mandy, uh, you are also, and by the way, this morning we are speaking with uh, Mandy Chan, the founder of The Bowl Company. Go check out their website. Lots of great products. You are also participating in this Made with Passion mentorship program. I believe your mentor is Jamie Ko of Brass Lion Distillery. Tell us a little bit more about this program and perhaps what you've learned from Jamie. Sure. So Made with Passion was a program that I came across just from my email and I decided to go for it. This program is about connecting young brands like us with seasoned retailers like, you know, Brass Lion, who has been in the industry for quite some time. They've achieved, they've achieved huge successes, not only in Singapore, but also internationally. And it's for us to kind of learn from their wisdom, you know, whatever they've learned in the past 10 years of their business. Yeah, because Jamie actually has two other businesses. She owns The Beast as well as Brass Lion, right? So she has quite a lot of experience with like starting her own business. So this mentorship program was like super, super interesting because I think it just allows you to kind of access a more vulnerable vulnerable part of an entrepreneur that they don't usually share, you know, on screen. They tell you about the struggles when you're face-to-face with them, when no one's recording, the behind the doors about negotiations that went bad, how to handle them, partner issues, etc. So I think those are like the, some of the really, really important things I learned from her that was only achieved through the mentorship program. Nice. Mm. It always helps to have a good and strong mentor, a sounding board, so to speak. Let's talk about the impact of COVID-19 on the Bold Company, on your business. I'm sure there were some supply chain issues, at least, that you had to grapple with. Tell us about the extent of these problems and how you overcame them. I understand that there were some key tech solutions and services that you used to overcome all of these challenges. Yeah, so I guess when it happened last year, I was like, oh God, it was my first recession. I didn't know what to do, right? And for supply chain, there were like huge, huge delays in terms of the shipments coming. So it was a matter of do we have enough stock or for certain of the products that were fast selling. And it was having to navigate through a lot, a lot, a lot of paperwork in terms of demand as well. People were shut at home, right? They couldn't go out. So they didn't really, they didn't really need bags. So we had to pivot to actually selling essentials at that point of time because that was the only way that we could actually make make it through the pandemic. Yeah, so it was having to change the whole business model in a matter of weeks, making sure that the supply for the mask, everything was on board, and then we had to curate the mask, etc. Yeah, but I think come this year, it was much more different. I think the whole world opened up, and I think that's how we kind of force ourselves to be more international, not 
just serving the Singapore market, but also venturing to like places like Hong Kong, like Thailand, Taiwan, places which the COVID cases were at a few months ago lower. Yeah. Mm. Does that, you know, all these tech solutions and, and some of the experiences that you had, even the mentorship program, how does that position the bowl company for the next five years, for the future? Yeah, so I think the solutions we came up with wasn't just about bags anymore. It was about creating this platform that actually lets people, let, yeah, lets people be bold, like through, you know, listening, through, through our gear and through creating this education thing that it's okay to be bold and through doing challenges. Yeah, so it's this tech solution that actually we are working on right now that will be launched in a few months from now, hopefully, that allows our community to, to engage. Yeah, to, to engage with us, not just through our perils, but through other ways as well. Sounds like a plan, Mandy. And indeed, it seems that you have a precedent for coming up with pretty great plans. At least they're very lucrative. Thank you very much, Mandy Chan, founder of The Bold Company, for talking to us this morning. Really appreciate it. Stay with us on Money FM 89.3. Mind Your Business on Money FM 89.3 is brought to you by Zero. Try Zero free for 30 days by visiting xero.com. Terms apply. Zero, beautiful business. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.